everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lost with Friends. As always, I'm your host, Paul Casey, and I'm um, going to be trying something a little different today. I hope you'll stick with me through the whole thing. Um, I'm going to be by myself for this episode. Uh, today, we'll, we, we, I will be discussing uh, Confidence Man. Um, I apologize in advance if I'm a little nervous, if this episode isn't good. Um, I also apologize if there is sound of traffic in the background because I am sitting closer to my front window than I normally am here in my home. So please uh, forgive me for that. Um, we'll be discussing co- uh, Confidence Man, except this time I'm going to do things a little differently where I'm going to watch the episode as I discuss it, sync it up almost as if I'm doing a commentary on the episode myself. So if you'd like to follow along and watch with me, please feel free to do that. Um, I will tell you, I'm watching it from the Complete Series box set DVD. I wrote, I watched it uh, a few days ago, wrote down my notes as I normally do, as if I had a guest on. So... Um, I will be talking about it as I watch it and, you know, looking at my, at my notes. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm very nervous, so please forgive me. Um, so I will be hitting the play button momentarily. I'll tell you exactly when, so that if you'd like, you can sync up with me. Uh, here we go. Confidence man hitting the play button now dvd is loading previously on lost so we see scenes of course from the previous episode and um you know i one thing that i always love about previously on things is they tell you here's what you need to know to be prepared for this episode in particular some people don't realize that but that's what's actually going on it's not necessarily everything you've missed okay here we go uh kate walking on the beach and we see that she's uh she there she is noticing someone's stuff as she walks closer she sees a book and she sees Watership Down, which, as we previously uh, discussed, Sawyer was reading in another episode. I wonder if she actually realizes that this was his stuff. And then she sees Sawyer coming out of the water, shirtless as we see him right now. And uh, I bet all the ladies who are into that character, which seem to be many in the Lost fandom, are going wild. And then he's naked, so that probably was even better for the the ladies. And, you know, he's a very good-looking man. I I can't deny that. And then we're about to see his very first flashback. And it doesn't surprise me at all that literally the first thing we find out about his past is him in bed with another woman. There's just, it's not surprising to me at all. Not, don't really have many notes on this scene of the two of them in the bed in particular. But uh, 
my my next note is you know just what we'll see momentarily which is the briefcase with the money that's you know obviously a big part of this episode and as we come to find out Sawyer's character in particular They say 3.30 as the meeting time, which is a little odd. I'm, I'm, once again, I'm wondering why they didn't want to use the numbers. I guess they thought maybe it would be overkill for somebody like me to go back and say, hey, here's every instance of the numbers, you know, but uh, it's just a little odd to me that they wouldn't have used it here. But the places they do use it is a little odd. Maybe it was a whole, you know, uh, fate versus free will thing. You know, sometimes the numbers are there in their lives, and sometimes they are not. There it is, the briefcase with the money. And she wasn't exactly supposed to see that, quote-unquote. Sawyer is walking through the jungle. I apologize if this ends up turning into commentary for the blind, as they call it, when someone is just saying, this is happening on the screen, this is happening on the screen, this is happening on the screen. But he hears a noise. And momentarily we will see. But he has the book. I didn't notice that the last time. He has Watership down while he's running. That's a little odd. But I have Idiot Boone is going through Sawyer's stash. I also love Jack saying, this is going to hurt right as we know Sawyer is about to beat up Boone. I think that's, you know, perfectly timed uh, moment. Saeed is catching us up on what happened in the previous episode with his, uh, his triangulation attempt and getting knocked out. I apologize for the lack of, uh, lack of talking throughout the whole thing. Uh, Saeed will do whatever he needs to do. I have, he doesn't care about Jack being the leader. He'll do whatever he wants. He's a leader too. And Jack clearly doesn't like that. And then of course, Boone gets brought in and he, you know, not a bad job on the, on the beat up makeup. I would think honestly that Sawyer would have beat him up a little bit more, but it gets the point across. We have the opening letters. I always loved how they blurred them until they're right about visible when it's half out of frame and then it goes back to blurred again. I don't know if that, I don't exactly know what the choice behind that was, but I thought that was always a lovely thing of, you know, disoriented and, and it, it was very lost in once you realize the entire show, I think. Uh, Charlie bringing Claire water. I thought that was very, very sweet. And for all the Charlie haters out there, it's this kind of uh, story, this kind of moment, this kind of episode that makes me uh, feel some sympathy towards Charlie and feel that he does have some redeeming qualities. But he still has that uh, British sarcasm. I love that. Who wouldn't want to spend the day with sand fleas? I ha- I have that she thinks that they'll still be rescued soon. Once again, she's not exactly in the loop with what the rest of them, Charlie included, knows. We talked about that a little uh, in the previous episodes. 
Uh, we're back to Boone and Jack talking. And uh, so uh, Boone's about to tell the reason why he uh, was going through Sawyer's um, through Sawyer's stash. And I have the, the note he hasn't said it yet as I'm watching. There, he just said it. Guess breathing's not cool. That line always makes me laugh just a little bit. And I have, once again, that Boone still wants to be the hero. Not very noteworthy by this point, as I've brought it up in pretty much every episode. But if there's anyone that he should be the hero for, it's absolutely his sister. And that is proven in this episode. Jack knows what he has to do. Sawyer's reading his letter as Jack is going through his stuff. But if you notice Sawyer, he folds the letter up very nice until he has to deal with Jack, you know, uh, uh, deals with the, the, the letter nice and neat, as Kate points out later. I have that Jack gets on Sawyer for taking things out of suitcases and that makes it his, except that's what Jack and all of the rest of them are doing, Jack included with the medicine. They all have done that so far. And Sawyer's line about the commie share fest in Cave Town, but possession here is nine-tenths. That's, I just, I, I love that line. I believe that line. <laughs> Uh, Kate interrupts and Jack walks away. He doesn't want to show that side of himself to her. There's still clearly the competition between the two of them over her. But I'm wondering to you, fans, who do you think would have won that fight? Uh, anyone who knows the show, spoiler, spoiler, they do have many confrontations over the years, but I'm wondering if it was, you know, an all-out, fight who would win without someone breaking it up always thought that was interesting currently Sawyer is explaining the uh, terms of the deal that he is investing in now they say 140,000 here but I believe a little bit later, he when he's talking with the guy in the pool hall, bar, whatever you want to call it, the guy says that he loaned Sawyer 160k. I'm wondering what is up with that discrepancy. Perhaps I've just missed something over the years. Uh, maybe Sawyer was keeping that money for himself, but he would have had to return it plus interest anyway. So I'm not sure what the discrepancy was. Um, and the fact that the flashback girl has a husband, I accidentally skipped over that part, you know. Uh, Kate says, Sawyer says that they have a connection. Jack laughs this off. She just said they have, have a connection. Jack laughs this off, then sees her face and stops to question if that's true. However, she hesitates before saying no. Sawyer, I'm not, you know, this is the first time I'm noticing. He does it uh, in a few episodes from now as well, but he's often chopping wood. 
chopping, well, not maybe not wood, but chopping things. It's a little odd. So many answers to that question, wouldn't even know where to start. <laughs> And then to answer that question, he says that he wants a kiss from Kate. And um, I honestly don't blame him, you know? And I bet you Charlie would have probably said the same thing as we know that he went after her previously as well. Uh, as we know from previous episodes, I don't point out every exact line of dialogue, but, uh, you know, uh, um, doing this commentary is a little bit more difficult without it turning into commentary for the blind. I'm very sorry. But we do, we did just notice that his reaction changes. She struck a nerve regarding the note that he's always has, that she has seen him with. And he just told her to shut up. Very unlike him so far. He hasn't, he hasn't treated her this way until this moment. As, from what I can remember, he's often been sarcastic with her, but he's never been angry, angry with her. Says something about him and what this note means to him. Dear Mr. Sawyer, those haunting words that we know for the rest of the the series, almost the rest of the series. Um, interesting story that many hardcore losties know, but anyone who's viewing this the first time or a casual fan may not know. Um, Evangeline Lilly, while she was living in Hawaii, lived with her stunt double and I believe her stand-in. I'm not entirely sure, but she lived with two other people and their home burned down. And uh, as the show was wrapping up, people would say, you know, what is something that you want to take from the show? Because, you know, oftentimes they'll let cast members or writers or directors take things from the show. And she said that at one point she actually had the original Dear Mr. Sawyer letter, this letter that she's currently finishing up uh, reading right now. He just took off her hands. And um, she uh, had it in their house, and the house burned so the the first ever Dear Mr. Sawyer letter no longer exists. Any other letter that was used later in the series or that was sold at an auction or whatever was always a replica of the original. It, it was props of the show. It was screen used, but the original letter was burned in Evangeline Lilly's house fire. I always thought that was a, a very interesting thing. And it, uh now we see Locke with one of his 300 knives, uh, well, 400 knives. He's actually, it's about to go down to 399 uh, knives here as he's talking with Saeed. But he points out something um, that, uh, you know, I have here. Locke tells Saeed about time delaying the fuse. Logically, I'm not 100% sure if this works. Although they had a specific time set up, Sawyer and Shannon both had to wait for Saeed to set his rocket off first. 
Locke's accusation about Sawyer assumes that Saeed's and Shannon's rockets would have gone off without a hitch. But a moment of thinking logically, in my opinion, versus Saeed, who's thinking instinctually and using his already heated feud with Sawyer, would realize this may not necessarily be the case. And Locke says, anyone who watches television, I've watched television my entire life, but I never remember seeing anything about learning how to time delay a slow fuse. And there's Locke giving Saeed a knife, and now he's down to 399. Because, of course, the recurring joke of 400 knives. Shannon's breathing, or lack thereof, and Jack looking for all of the medicine. Sun notices something, and of course we know by this point that she speaks English, so she knows pretty much what's happening, but she can't tell anyone else. And Sawyer walks through and does not care, because he needs people to hate him. He needs that. We find out at the end of this episode partly why, but he we've seen it through so far in the show. He needs people to hate him. Jack decks Sawyer and grabs his shoulder. Hooray for continuity. Not necessarily a thing that's often employed in TV, sometimes not even in this particular show, but yay. I also have that uh, as during this confrontation, Sawyer noticed everyone watching and needed to maintain his tough image. I think he also realized Jack needed to maintain his leadership and caregiver image, which is why he kept egging Jack on, knowing that Jack wouldn't continue to fight him because as much as he needs people to hate him he knows that jack needs people to believe in jack and jack walks away and sawyer sees everybody giving him that look and i think he does feel a little bad but still he needs people to hate him in the flashback with the the girl, I cannot remember her name at the moment, and uh, her husband, who turns out to be Dom DeLuise's son, TJ from the Gilmore Girls. Um, I, I discussed uh, doing this episode with Megan, who is a huge uh, Gilmore Girls fan and a huge uh, Sawyer fan, and I thought that would be a great piece for us to talk about, so that note is just for her. There you go, Megan. TJ from Gilmore Girls on Lost. It all connects somehow. I always wondered what the other people that are in this restaurant would be thinking as this strange business deal slash con is going down. Because I often look around when I'm at, at, out at restaurants. I've never gone to anywhere nearly this fancy. But uh, I do look around and I see what other people are doing. And if I saw someone like just barely open a briefcase like that, I would probably, and you know, guys dressed that nice and slicked back hair, I would probably think something was going on with the mafia. Not going to lie. And then Sawyer goes to walk away, but then the smile he gets as the husband says, wait, he got him. Uh, Charlie and Claire on the beach discussing what they miss, and Charlie's is all about food. Yet another reason that I like this character. I feel such a connection with that because I would 
honestly probably be missing all of the food that I wouldn't have on a d- uh, deserted island. Deserted island, not desert island, as we've previously established. And also from what I remember uh, actually meeting some Australians, they said that they are okay with peanut butter. So I'm not exactly sure where they got the line of Claire saying she's the only Australian who likes peanut butter. I could be mistaken on that, but I'm pretty sure that's that's not uh, an Australian thing. Please tell me in the comments if I'm wrong. I love reading those uh, negative things, which I will address at the end of this episode, by the way. And Jack is calming Shannon through her panic attack and her asthma attack. And Boone can't do it. He's trying to help her. Boone says, no, she needs the medicine. And Jack, you know, just says his name in that kind of dad tone. And he gets very, very embarrassed because he cannot help even his sister. And I feel so bad for the character of Boone. He's he's often, you know, a lot of a lot of losties think of him as kind of the laughing stock of the show, and I I always feel bad for him a little bit because he, all he wants, as we've discussed in previous episodes, all he wants is to be the hero, and he keeps getting shot down. And then Hurley comments that that was like a Jedi moment. Once again, another Star Wars reference in Lost. Love seeing those, hearing those. And Saeed realizes what Jack is doing, and he's going after him to join in. Getting the enemy to communicate. I love the twist and the fact that it comes out as a as a sort of uh, humorous line on the part of Saeed. Charlie talking with Hurley in the jungle and uh, Charlie in a moment is about to fat shame Hurley but Hurley takes it and tells the truth things take time I myself have been trying to lose weight for the last few years especially now this year going back to Hawaii I definitely would like to be you know uh bathing suit, uh, you know, ready. Maybe I'll actually go into the waterfall this year or, you know, go into the ocean at some point because I didn't do any of that. Um, But these things definitely take time. And Hurley, you know, good on him for putting that to rest. Yes, Charlie, it was bad form. (laughs) 
Michael can't gut a fish, which if I'm not mistaken, in a few episodes, Hurley will comment on the fact that, you know, he, uh, he can't gut a fish because I believe it's Hurley can't gut a fish and, and, uh, Jin won't bring him any fish for some particular reason. And when no one's around, of course, Sun is able to talk with Michael because he's the only one who knows her secret. And who doesn't love this moment? Whether you love Sawyer or you hate Sawyer, love Saeed or hate Saeed, that good morning bonk on the head gets me every time. And uh, I would be very surprised if it doesn't get you too. Now, in the previous episode, I believe uh, I had to, I cut it out for spoiler's sake, but these banyan trees Megan was speaking of in particular, and uh, she had a full story, which we'll have to get at another point, but uh, it was about how she, you know, she doesn't necessarily think when they took pictures at these trees she doesn't necessarily think of the bad things that happened on this show more of hey I remember when we got to that point I'm not going to tell Megan's story that's her own story she can tell it on her own time but uh, if you're not exactly familiar with what I'm talking about go back and listen to the previous episode which why haven't you done that before listening to this one that's odd uh but you know she she does discuss partly because I had to edit a little bit of it out but uh, she does discuss her her love for these banyan trees and the thought behind them. Um, I have that Sawyer calls Jack Chico and that he realizes he's a bad person and he feels the need to get tortured a little. Sawyer with the calls uh, Saeed Ali and we're about to see that dreaded moment and Jack knows what's about to happen and he still not 100% on board with it Sawyer's screams haunt me sometimes. And here comes the first one. Now. Yep. And I have in my notes, I may not have learned how to delay a fuse from TV, but I definitely learned some torture from TV. That actually sounded way creepier than I intended it to. I'm sorry. But I do have that Jack looks so uncomfortable he can't stand hearing someone in pain. The doctor side of him kicks in. And, uh, you know, we know that previously on this show he had an issue with that in terms of the marshal. But at, at heart, he still is a doctor. He still is a healer. And he cannot stand hearing someone in pain like that. And I have that... Sawyer does have a connection with Kate despite her protests from earlier because he's making a connection with her. 
Here's the scene I referenced earlier where Sawyer, the guy that Sawyer borrowed the money from, this gentleman playing pool, says that uh, the guy just said that Sawyer left $160,000 with a civilian, whereas earlier Sawyer and his um, his work friend, the the flashback girl, as I've called her so far, uh, they said 140000 earlier. A little odd. I'm not uh, still I'm not 100 percent sure what that is. Please tell me in the comments. I know someone will probably have the answer for me out there. Sawyer sees Kate. Sorry for the silence there. I didn't quite have anything. That moment from that, uh, the man playing pool was so menacing. That's another one of those moments that I just feel you need to just pay attention to as you're watching an episode like this. Sawyer still wants his kiss, and Kate asks him if he's serious, and he says one of my favorite lines tied to a tree in the jungle full of mystery. Just got tortured by a spinal surgeon and a genuine Iraqi. Of course I'm serious. I love that. He always has so many good one-liners. And he once again talks about seeing the big picture. He talked about the big picture with Jack when they were in the fuselage in uh, one of the early episodes. And now he says it here. And I like to think that a con man would have to think of the grand scheme of things because you have to plot out every moment and, and all the possibilities. And as a writer, as a creative person, I like to think that way as well because it just makes sense that you would have to account for all of the variables and things like that. And I have that, you know, we're about to see it. She looks into his eyes. He looks back at her. This is getting very sappy as I'm talking about it. But that she kisses him. And that she has to stop herself. And he goes right for the tongue. But she has to pull back because she realizes that that hasn't happened yet. They're still actually kissing as I'm watching it. But she has to pull back because she realizes that she can't let herself go there with him. She likes Jack. She has a connection with Sawyer, but she wants to like Jack. All of that, and he doesn't even have it. I absolutely love that twist. never did 
but he's such a con man, all he wanted from her was a kiss. I love that. And she's about to go tell them that. Do we think they're going to believe it? I don't think so. Saeed using his rage, and they're about to come to blows. But he still has the knife. Sawyer does get himself free, but two bare hands are no match for a knife, I think. He stabs, Saeed stabs, Saeed stabs Sawyer. Jack comments that it's an artery. But then he tells Sawyer to stay still. He hit an artery, but stay still while I try to fix you. Could any, no one could stay still while he's literally reaching his fingers into the man's flesh. It's just not going to happen. Kate asks if he can make it stop, and I'm wondering, does Jack really want to make the bleeding stop? Does It's entirely possible that a lot of their troubles may go away. At least at this point, they're thinking that their troubles may go away if Sawyer is just gone. Boone wants to go, but Shannon needs her big brother there. I thought that was a very, very sweet moment. Because maybe he does get to be the hero for someone after all. Very sweet moment between the two of them. And Michael, uh, Michael brings the plants to uh, Sun. Eucalyptus, I believe, as we find out later in the episode. Um, and uh, Jin catches them. And he's going, you know. But of course, because there is a non-Korean speaker in this scene, we don't see subtitles because they wanted the audience to feel just as lost as the non-Korean speaker would feel in a moment like this. But Sun just walks away. Now, I like to think I'm pretty quick on my feet with thinking of things. And all these years later, and I still couldn't have even tried to explain this. So she just walks away, and Michael's response is, just don't. Don't. And Jin is all alone. Metaphorically and literally. And Sawyer, dying, bleeding out, still has time to taunt Jack. I think that's so funny. I've said several times how I, he's probably one of my favorite characters on this show. And it's just little things like that where, you know, he even, and he throw, has to throw in Jack's face that he did get the kiss from her and now he doesn't have anything else to live for. And if the tables were turned, he'd watch Jack die. But Jack somewhat gets to show that he's possibly a better man than Sawyer in that sense. Not just because he's a doctor. And then David, TJ, whatever his name is in this, you know, like, oh, you're not going to skip town, are you? 
he always plays a goofball, whatever he's in. And then the kid walks in, and Sawyer sees that kid and decides to stop the deal overall. I don't think that voice belonged to that kid, because that kid just looks really creepy the way he's just staring. Oh, her name is Jessica. He just said it there. Her name is Jessica now. Okay. I keep calling her flashback girl or whatever. But uh, we find out in a few moments why the kid freaked him out. Because he does not want to continue the cycle of dear Mr. Sawyer. Those haunting words. He's about to tell her the story. And, uh, you know, he tells her that uh, he hasn't gotten to it yet as I'm watching it, but he tells her that, you know, he became the man that he was hunting. It's very poetic in a, you know, very sad way. And I have that she previously said she pitied him. She starts to again here after he tells her this tale. He hates that. And uh, in a moment or two later, he's going to throw her out of his tent. And that's why, because he hates being pitied. He needs people to not like him, but he can't stand someone pitying him. And honestly, I can't blame him. Who wants to be pitied? I'd much rather, and I'm the type of person who wants everyone to like me. I would never want anyone to pity me, though. That's just sad. Now, someone who's pointing out logical flaws like I did a little bit ago, perhaps, with the uh, the uh, slow delay of fuse and previously with the triangulation might think, okay, if his name isn't Sawyer, what is his name? And how did he get on a plane post 9-11 without a proper or, you know, without letting them know his real name? And why would no one else know his real name? It'll take a little bit before we find out the answer to that, to those particular questions. But uh, much like Esteban said in a previous episode, we get the answers to those things, the things that you think may be the little questions that actually do or could turn out to be the big things. And there it is. He told her he became the man he was hunting. And that look in her eyes, he knows, and he sees it. Get out, he tells her. And like I said, I can't really blame him. I always, I love the fact that he has like one of the walls with the Oceanic logo on it as part of his like whole setup. And I understand it was Jack's thing for the, you know, the medical tent originally, but um, I just love the fact that he took that or, you know, that somebody took that part of the plane to keep. 
sun using the eucalyptus eastern medicine versus western medicine. And at a certain point, of course, Jack has to find out about it first. But uh, I have in a moment where Jin sees Sun helping and he's so extremely confused about the whole thing. Now, she reacted to him there, but he didn't really notice. And I wonder if he, if he did notice and maybe just didn't pay any mind to it, but, you know, maybe just realized that, she, you know, he was just saying thank you. But she definitely reacted to him, speaking English to her, but he didn't react to her reacting. And Charlie, back to Charlie and Claire now. Extremely sweet scene. Makes me say aw every time. And he got her peanut butter. But with a twist. No, the twist is not that it's extra smooth peanut butter. But, you know. And he sticks his finger in, and then after a moment, she'll play along, and it's things that make you say, aww. I did notice when he did that, it looks like he put his finger running along his gums, which I think is an old uh, drug habit that he still hasn't broken yet. <laughs> I know, not to break up the, the sappy moment, but uh, yeah, that definitely just happened. <laughs> and there she is playing along so sweet and Saeed starts to take off he decides to go out on his own a self-imposed exile Someone has to walk the shore and map the island. And he says that he only trusts himself. Which, you know, most of them are. They're only trusting themselves at this point. So that makes perfect sense. And I have that he likes Kate and he treats her with respect. Talked about it previously how perhaps he feels a, a big brother type thing for her. Um, I'll actually... Uh, mention that in a moment or two once the episode's completely over. Uh, my next note is, again, with the music montage. I've pointed it out a few times. I'm just, I'm still not sure that it fits with the, uh, with the whole point of the show. I understand why other shows do it, 
but I, I still not entirely convinced that it works for this series. But it did a very good job this time in particular of showing the love and loss amongst our Losties. Because yes, as fans, we call ourselves Losties and we called them Losties or Survivors or whatever. Okay, maybe we didn't, but I definitely did. Um, I have that Sawyer can't burn the note. Can't bring himself to do it. He needs to give the note to Mr. Sawyer. And then my very last note, notice as Saeed is walking away, the footprints where they just stop at a certain point, clearly not the first time they uh, filmed that particular scene of him walking away. And then our logo at the very end, and I'm not going to sit through the credits because I'm just going to end up talking anyway, so I am hitting stop on my DVD. Um, so a few things that I did want to point out, um, I'm loving that from, it's so far as one person in particular, but I'm loving it. Absolutely. Uh, getting comments on the YouTube videos. Thank you so much. And I hope that to see more people, uh, you know, like the videos and comment on the videos. Um, so a few things that were pointed out through those comments one of which is a discussion that I believe it was Jake and I had previously, which was um, that in the episode Walkabout, uh, Kate never, uh, she was supposed to bring up the fact that John Locke, like the philosopher, uh, in a deleted scene or a, at least a written, a scene that was written and perhaps never filmed um, because she would have learned about him in college. Someone pointed out that she didn't go to college, as we find out in a later episode. But as I said, that is from a deleted scene, so it didn't, it, you know, it didn't become canon in the show. But I, I thought we mentioned that it was a deleted scene. Perhaps I accidentally messed up the editing, and that wasn't the case. But that was absolutely absolutely supposed to be the case there. Um, something else that was pointed out to me was that uh, a few episodes ago. Um, Sawyer says Captain Falafel. Now, I always thought that that was a, ref a nickname for um, Hurley. I thought a falafel is a food. Perhaps I'm wrong. I, I don't really know what that is. But someone pointed out that it's actually a nickname for Saeed, which makes me question because I always thought that Sawyer was commenting on the fact that Hurley had romantic feelings for Kate, which I've alluded to so far in this podcast series, but apparently that's not necessarily the case. He may have, but that particular line of the doctor and uh, Captain Falafel fighting over her was in regards to uh, Jack and Saeed. Now, I'm not sure if that was in terms of Saeed wanting her to stay on the beach versus going to the caves, or if it was a romantic thing, because as we've seen so far, he, you know, he didn't trust, uh, didn't trust Sawyer alone with Kate when they were supposed to be setting off the signal. Um, that line, you know, saying that line, wanting her to stay on the beach, and whether that was because she has influence over people or whatever. Um, but now this particular episode where he, you know, he gives her the respect and he kisses her hand and, you know, he says that he hopes that they'll see each other again. Perhaps there is a romantic thing there. I'm not sure. I would love to discuss that further, whether it be in the comments or with a particular guest on an episode. 
Um, as I wrap this up, I also feel the need to point out that uh, this episode in particular, discussing Confidence Man, was recorded out of order from the episode discussing solitary. Not that it really matters. I don't think there was too many things that I said here that were brought up there or, or that were said there that were brought up here. But for some reason, I just feel the need to point that out to you uh, listeners. Um, I would once again like to thank you all for listening to this. If you've got to this point, you know, you're a, a, a hero of mine because I surely don't like to listen to myself talk for uh, you know, a little over 45 minutes, almost 50 minutes. So thank you very much for listening to this. Um, I hope that uh, I won't necessarily be doing this too soon, but it's always nice to know that I can fall back on this. Please tell me how you liked this particular format of recording while having my notes and doing it almost as if it was a commentary and you can sync up and watch along with me. Um, I look forward to hearing from all of you. Uh, please don't forget to like the videos, share the videos, and subscribe to the Clock Shelves Entertainment YouTube channel for content such as more more Lost with Friends podcasts, more Paul and All uh, podcasts. We are always looking to expand and, and branch out into other things, so there are more creative projects coming very soon. Balancing some of these things and the, the my job for money uh, does take up a little bit of my time for that. Um, now I'm getting into talking about Paul and all related things when this is an episode of Lost with Friends. So I will wrap it up by saying thank you once again for listening. I'm sorry for this episode not being up to the standard that all the rest of them have been. But I, as I said, I wanted to try something a little bit different. Thank you for indulging me in that. Um, so to wrap it up, I will say as I have ended pretty much every episode so far, thank you, namaste, and good luck. Hey everybody, it's Paul. If you like the episode you just listened to, make sure you give us a like down below, maybe subscribe to our channel, and share it with your friends. Have a great day.